the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Welcome to The Jenna Ellis Show. I'm Jenna Ellis, and I am so excited about the podcast today because I was in Miami at the Trump Doral for Amp Fest, which, of course, is a gathering of great conservatives, uh, liberty-loving Americans. And, you know, these conferences, these are things that the Democrat left um, has been trying to shut down for the last 18 months. They don't like us to gather and see that there are so many of us. I mean, look at how many people were at Trump's Iowa rally. The more that Democrats try to say that, oh, President Trump is losing his influence, well, the more people uh, just start coming and showing up to his rally. So I had the opportunity to interview um, Corey DeAngelis talking about school choice. And uh, so this is going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad you're part of this conversation. And before we get to Corey DeAngelis, I want to talk to you about my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. They're a company that you can trust to give you good patient counsel for your personal situation. Because uh, when the times are turbulent, you really need an asset that protects you. Now is the time for Americans to take steps to protect our finances and retirements. That's why I believe investing in gold, and I trust my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. Their team of experts has decades of experience helping Americans like you and me make the right decision for ourselves and our family. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903. That's 866-528-1903. Or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. And welcome back to The Jenna Ellis Show. And I am still here at AmpFest in Miami at the Trump Doral Hotel. And uh, there are so many great conservative leaders here. Um, Just talked with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. So much uh, great, great content. And um, I'm so excited now to uh, welcome my friend who I've known for a long time, but it's like you always go to these conferences and you actually meet people in person. So, so great to finally meet you in person, uh, Corey DeAngelis. And um, you are a champion for school choice. Everyone should follow you on social media. Um, so describe kind of, you know, how you got into this, um, what exactly you're doing, and why school choice is such uh, a big part of what you're doing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I will just say the, the way that I would define school choice is allowing your children's education dollars to follow them to wherever they're getting an education. That could be the residentially assigned public school if that works best for you, but if not, for whatever reason, the money could follow the child to a charter school or a private school or a home-based option, uh, and it's that's essentially it. It's the concept of funding students, not systems. Uh, after all, education funding is meant for educating children, not for propping up and protecting a particular institution. It's the same kind of idea that we apply to so many other taxpayer-funded initiatives 
including other levels of education. If you think about higher education, we have something called the Pell Grant or other types of scholarships, including uh, the GI Bill for veterans, where the money follows the decision of the student. And that could be a public university or the community college if they want, but you could also take that funding uh, to a private religious or non-religious universities. We do the same thing with pre-K programs, for example, even the federal Head Start program, you can take your children's pre-K dollars to a public or private religious or non-religious provider of pre-K services. And I'm just arguing we should apply the same logic when it comes to K-12 education. What's interesting to me is a lot of the same people who support funding students as opposed to institutions when it comes to other levels of education and other services too, like with groceries, we have food stamps where the money goes to the family and they can choose Walmart or Trader Joe's or Harris Teeter or Safeway. The funding follows the decision of the family. And a lot of the same people who support these programs that fund people as opposed to buildings, they only get all up in arms about having the funding follow the person when it comes to K through 12 education. And the only way that you can bridge that apparent logical inconsistency is to realize that there's a difference in power dynamics that choice is the norm when it comes to higher education and pre-K and just about any other industry in the United States, including grocery services. But choice threatens an entrenched special interest only when it comes to K-12 education. And otherwise, they would profit from receiving children's education dollars, regardless of the satisfaction level of the family, regardless of the how well they meet the children's needs. And what we've seen over the past 18 months, regardless of whether they even opened their doors for business, and so I'm just arguing we should apply that same logic with all of these other programs to K-12 education. Fund people, not buildings. And that makes so much sense. And, you know, there's actually, uh, Corey, a case now that um, will be brought up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, I think oral arguments are set for either November or December on this case that is a challenge to um, a main uh, state law that is providing tuition uh, to students but are actually rejecting a couple of families when they're using those tuition dollars for religious-based education. And so this is actually being lauded as one of the, um, the the most interesting and I think impactful religious liberty cases because um, the Supreme Court is saying, you know, this is all about the, the Establishment Clause, the Free Exercise Clause, and Equal Protection. I just think it's about common sense. I don't think it actually has anything to do with free exercise of religion. It has everything to do with parental rights and parental choice. What, how do you see this case? Yes, this is uh, set for December 8th for oral arguments, the uh, Carson case. Mm-hmm. Related v. Macon. v. Macon case um, related to the main uh, scholarship program, and it's pretty obvious that it's it's going to go our way uh, because this program is just so obviously discriminating against religious schools and religious families by not allowing them to take their children's education dollars to a private religious school. The program allows them to take the money to a private, a public or a private non-religious school, but they're explicitly discriminating on the basis of religious um, uh, status or use when it comes to this program. And we have Supreme Court precedent on our side as well. In 2002, there's a Zelman v. Simmons-Harris case that was about an Ohio voucher program that 
ruled that uh, such a program does not violate the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution because the money goes to families and then they can choose public or private, religious or non-religious. It isn't a direct subsidy of a religious institution. And even if it was, there is some case law at the Supreme Court level suggesting that that's permissible in some cases as well. I'm thinking of the Trinity Lutheran, Lutheran. Yes, exactly. Case, I was as well. Uh, for example. And in, in Zellman v. Simmons-Harris, like I said, the, the families are the direct beneficiaries of these programs. It's the same reason why Pell Grants for higher education don't violate the Establishment Clause, because the Pell Grant funding goes to the college student, and then they can take it again, they have a choice in the matter, to a religious or non-religious institution. Uh, and and we, we can see why there's not an issue there or even at the pre-K level as well. It, it is interesting, though, that the teachers unions and other groups don't come out against Pell Grants and try to say that they violate the Establishment Clause. We don't have that issue. And again, because it's only a difference of power dynamics. They're fighting to protect their monopoly when it comes to K-12 education, and you don't see those battles when it comes to pre-K or higher education. And even more recently, we have a 2020 Supreme Court decision, the Espinoza v. Montana, decision which had to do with a Montana tax credit scholarship program that was nixed because it allowed families to take their children's education dollars to a private religious institution if that was the best fit for their kid. Uh, they got rid of that program because, because of the fact that families could take it to religious institutions. The U.S. It went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, which, which ruled that this program, uh, the, the, getting rid of the program violated the family's First Amendment right to a, a free, to freely exercise their their education for their for their family and their kids. And so, because we had that ruling right before this main ruling, I think this is going to go in our favor as well. The I think it was a circuit court in Maine ruled in the against the families and pretty much tried to make the argument that. Uh, that the Montana decision, the Espinosa v. Montana decision, was only a, only had to do with religious status, and it, it, it ruled that these such these programs could not discriminate on the basis of the religious status of the schools, and it did not answer the question of whether it could dis, these programs could discriminate on the basis of religious use, uh, which is really just a distinction without a difference. Um, they're pretty much trying to say that you can discriminate against religious people or, or religious things, but you can't dis but but it's but you can't so you can't do that, but you can discriminate against religious uh, institutions for doing religious things, which again is yeah. just hocus pocus. It's it's a it's a distinction without a difference. So this, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this is going to go in our I, way. I hope so, and I think and I love how you broke all of that down because um, I I view the main case uh, definitely the same way, and I think you're right that the lower court's opinion uh, just tried to parse this out in a way that would give them some kind of plausible pretense to uh, to vote against the parents and to hold against uh, the parents in this case. But you're right that um, th that religious. Uh, the parents who choose a religious education can't be discriminated against or treated dissimilarly or um, or with any lesser uh, standard and with any lesser you know favor from the school district simply on the basis of choosing a religious education. If you have these free dollars, I mean, it's the same thing that Trinity Lutheran, like we just talked about, you know, basically that um, the city in that case was providing uh, funding in order to um, to pave. 
um, playgrounds. And so what the court, what the Supreme Court held in that case was that, you know, the scraped knee of a Catholic child versus the scraped knee of a secular educated child, there's no difference in that when it comes to um, use by um, schools of these publicly funded dollars. And in my view, and I think the view of any rational person, regardless of whether you're religious or not, is that, of course, if the state is providing these tuition dollars, then parents can choose where they're going to spend them. In the same way, when you opened this, Corey, you said, um, you know, this is the same thing as getting a um, a, a credit for uh, for food, and you know, there's a lot of um, you know, all of those types of vouchers that go to uh, to different individuals. And whether you choose to spend that at Safeway or Albertsons or wherever, <laughs> um, you can discriminate in where you shop. Now, people will push back on that and say, "Well, you know, it does limit the products that you're allowed to purchase." But the difference is, milk that comes from you know maybe a Jewish bakery is the same thing as milk that comes from Safeway. That's the difference. And I think for a lot of people, you know, we see that intuitively. And I think you're right that the Supreme Court ultimately is going to and should constitutionally uh, hold in favor of the parents here. It is time for holiday cleaning. Before you replace your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they are gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. And it can be used in a carpet cleaning machine. It's green, so it's safe for your family and your pets. Genesis 950 is also made in America. Very important. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. Genesis 950 is great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Perfect holiday gift for pet owners. Genesis 950 has a great customer service, uh, always willing to help with your particular problem. So order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon. Use code Jenna. You have to use the code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. And that's Genesis950.com. The coupon is only available for a one gallon purchase. Genesis 950 is much, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. In terms of school choice and, you know, what you're talking about, I mean, and this is such an important topic and why, by the way, you know, we're here at AmpFest and uh, Corey and I will be on a panel along with um, a couple of our good friends talking about school choice, talking about homeschooling in particular. Um, all of you know that uh, I was homeschooled K through 12, loved that my parents have um, had that option and um, have that legally uh, protected right to choose um, for themselves and for ultimately me. Uh, what was in our best interest in terms of education choices. And that's why the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, our good friend Mike Donnelly, who will be on the panel, uh, why they have advocated for so many years um, to make sure that homeschooling is a protected right of parents. Um, so as we're moving forward, I think, into more of the school choice arena, where do you see this argument headed and how can conservatives engage in this issue? Yeah, well, I mean, if you listen to the opponents of school choice, it's always about power and maintaining a monopoly in the realm of K-12 education. The teachers' union's main argument is that school choice steals money from the public schools, to which I will respond that the money doesn't belong to the government schools in the first place. It belongs to the children and their families. The funding is meant for educating the child, not for protecting a government monopoly. And it would similarly be ridiculous for someone to try to make the claim that allowing families to choose their grocery store steals money from Safeway. 
Right. That, that doesn't make any sense because we all know that the money doesn't belong to Safeway. It doesn't belong to Walmart either. It's meant for the families, and so logically the money should follow the Consumer decision choice, of those right? families. Yeah, yeah, just like we do with everything else. Pell Grants don't steal money from community colleges just because they can be used at private religious universities, and no one would try to make that argument. So their main argument really tells you that they believe your children and the money meant for educating your children belong to their institutions, which they have completely backwards. Your kids don't belong to the government. They don't belong to the teachers unions, and families are finally figuring that out over the past year. There's been a surge in support for educational freedom. Families are fighting back at school boards, and they're, they're pushing for school choice policies uh, more than ever. There's been a 10 percentage point jump in support for school choice, according to the latest Real Clear Opinion Research polling on this over the past uh, around a year and a half with about 74% of Americans now supporting the concept of school choice. And in 2021, we're deeming this the year of school choice, or if you're hit by, with the lingo by, by now, the year that we fund students, not systems. 19 states expanded or enacted programs to fund students as opposed to institutions. And this is just a, a wonderful year for educational freedom. And I think the best part about it is it's pretty much the teachers' union's own fault for overplaying their hand and showing their true colors and showing, showing that they care about their institutions more than they care about children. And some of the biggest jumps in support were among parents who previously had their kids in the public schools and among Democrats as well. Democrats are even figuring out that educational freedom is a great thing, and there's a lot of different reasons for why you might, might not uh, be happy with the, the school that you're in. And the one-size-fits-all government monopoly is not go always going to work for, uh, for, for so many families. And I would argue that all the fights that we're seeing over the past year and a half, whether it comes to reopening schools in person versus remote, or uh, if you disagree with the curriculum in your public school, or if you disagree with the masking or other mitigation strategies in your public school, these are all just symptoms of the larger problem, which is the one-size-fits-all government school system. We shouldn't feel the need to force our views on other people's kids. And at the same time, though, we shouldn't be forced to send our kids to schools that aren't aligned with our values. So uh, the, the best solution going forward, in addition to fighting at school board meetings and, and uh, pressuring the school boards to do the right thing by your kids, is to also fight for exit options as well, to allow the money to follow the child to schools or education providers that best align with their families values. And I think more people are mm -hmm. figuring figuring out this year. Yeah. And how do you think, um, Corey, in the last two minutes that we have here, um, how do you think that the pandemic has really influenced people's just uh, perception of school choice when um, one of, I think, the things the Democrats didn't anticipate uh, through all of this with uh, so many families for almost a year being forced to homeschool or to have other types of options for their children at home because of the pandemic shutdowns, um, a lot of people I mean, there was a study, um, I think actually that you tweeted or sent to me that now one out of every eight families is homeschooling uh, by choice, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. So how has this now become more of the uh, common perspective and actually changed a lot of people's views? Yeah, so many more people are formally homeschooling. According to the U.S. Census Bureau's American Pulse survey, over 11 percent of households are now uh, educating at least one of their children at home, which amounts to a doubling or tripling of homeschooling relative to pre-pandemic levels. 
Uh, so people are voting with their feet, even with charter schools as well, which are kind of quasi-public, quasi-private type of educational entities. But they're more responsive to the needs of families in that they have to attract their customers. Uh, families can vote with their feet away from charter schools and, and towards charter schools. And when given the option this past year, we've seen enrollment trends that are just mind-blowing. Over the past year, according to a National Alliance for Public Charter School report of from with data from about 42 or 43 different states, they found a 3% reduction in the number of students in government-run schools, but about a 7% increase in the amount of students that are enrolled in public charter schools. Uh, so parents really started to vote with their feet towards uh, charter school options, homeschooling, and parents are more uh, familiar with homeschooling, and I think they're going to continue that trend going forward because they got a taste of homeschooling. A lot of families liked that taste of homeschooling. Uh, there's actually uh, polling by Morning Consult and EdChoice, I believe, finding that ever since the pandemic started and schools closed around March of 2020, every single month parents reported that they now, they now feel uh, more favorable towards homeschooling as opposed to less favorable towards homeschooling, which is, which is great news. It's a silver lining. And look, the way that I would put it is that COVID didn't break the public school system. It was already broken. And the past year and a half has simply shined a spotlight on the main problem with K-12 education in America, which happens to be a massive, long-existing power imbalance between the, the teachers' unions and individual families. And we're starting to figure out that there isn't any good reason to fund failing institutions when we can fund the students directly instead. And parents are fighting back now more than ever. And they're going to continue that because they're never going to forget how powerless they felt over the past 18 mm -hmm. months. Parents don't want to feel like that ever again. Even if they like their public schools, they don't want to be put in a position to where they're scrambling like they did over the past year and a half. Or they're having to, like, you know, Matt Walsh uh, very prominently in Loudoun County, Virginia, is, you know, is fighting these ridiculous mask mandates for kids. And a lot of parents feel if their children um, are going to school that they're powerless against these overreaching, ridiculous, petty tyranny uh, school boards. And so for the parents who are listening, Corey, um, and for, you know, someone who maybe um, is a parent and they want some of these resources or just um, to be able to feel like they have support, where is the best place that they can go to get support for either homeschooling or school choice or just to stay engaged? You can follow me on Twitter. I share tons of resources. It's at DeAngelis Corey. But if you want to join the fight to fund students, not systems, it's pretty simple. Go to fundstudentsnotsystems.org, and we have resources there to help you push for policies that will truly empower families by making the money follow the child. Uh, and, and, again, that's fundstudentsnotsystems.org. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Corey, for your time, and I'll have to have you on again. You are just a wealth of information on this. I follow you on social media. I always um, I share a lot of stuff that you know you send me because it is uh, really great resources. So thank you so much for all your work. Thank you so much for having me. Before I let you go today, I want to talk to you finally about my good friend Mike Lindell, who his heart is completely toward the Word of God. I I love Mike. He is a dear friend, and um, he and I talk about the Lord all the time. And, uh, he is just so completely, his life was changed, uh, from knowing Jesus Christ as his Lord and savior. And he has an amazing testimony about that. And he built a great company, uh, because he 
changed his life around. And I love the fact that MyPillow is a sponsor of this podcast because Mike is such a, uh, first a, a dear friend, but even more importantly, he is a very sincere Christian. And you all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. And Mike has an amazing offer for my listeners on his standard MyPillows. You will receive a standard MyPillow regularly $69.98, now only $19.98, and you will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as MyPillow towels, mattress topper, my slippers, the ones that I love, and so much more. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to receive my Mike's MyPillow standard pillow for just $19.98, or call one 800 564 8475 and please use the promo code Jenna that's J E N N A to get all of those great discounts. My pillow is made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last and a 60-day money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to get started with the quality sleep that we not only want but we need. Support Mike, go to mypillow.com or call 1-800-564-8475. Use the promo code Jenna to take advantage of Mike's special offer. That's MyPillow.com, promo code J-E-N-N-A, and I will see you all tomorrow. This has been another episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.